Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of Hoops with Coop. I'm your host, Noel Guerra. I would like to say thank you to all of you for the first three episodes and the support. Hope you are having a great new year. But today we're just going to be talking about the state and landscape of the NBA. So with further ado, let's get into it. I really wanted to start off talking about the Western Conference. And the Western Conference is still a little bit up in the air right now. Um, The Denver Nuggets are currently your one seed. The Memphis Grizzlies are currently your second seed. The Warriors are starting to find their rhythm. They're currently the sixth seed. And the Suns, who were the one seed last year, are currently under 500 right now. So a lot is going on in the West to the point where people honestly don't know Who's coming out of the West? And the one team I failed to mention are the LA Clippers, who are probably the most confusing team, not only in the Western Conference, but in the entire NBA. So as of today, a lot of reports came out of, you know, GM surveys and stuff like that. And one of the survey questions were, who do you think is going to win the Western Conference as of right now? And 30% of the voting went to the LA Clippers. Now, that's despite the fact that Kawhi has been unhealthy all year. Paul George is dealing with a hamstring. John Wall is a shell of his former self. Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris. The whole team is just not meshing well. Kawhi and Paul George barely have played any games together. They're not a top five team in the West. But somehow, someway, people still look at them as having a deep roster, great coach. Kawhi's done it before. But maybe it's just not going to happen. Sometimes we... In the NBA, we like to hold the benefit of the doubt. We always like to, okay, maybe this is the year. Okay, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll let them let them figure it out. It's not the case. We've done it before with the Clippers, with the Doc Rivers team. We wait, we wait, whether it was the Chris Paul, Lob City team, whether it was the first year of Kawhi and Paul George. We're like, okay, they're going to get it together, and it never happens. We did it with the 4 Lakers when they lost to the Pistons. Okay, they'll get it together. It happens all the time. And maybe, just maybe, the Clippers are just never going to win it, at least with this core. And there are even reports coming out saying that after this year, if nothing happens, they might disband the group, which at this point, you have to. You just, you simply have to. I know Kawhi got there and he wanted Paul George, but I'm not even saying this as, as it's Paul George's fault, but something is simply not clicking whether it's the coach and the players, whether it's the players. It might just even be health at the end of the day. At, at some point, you have to give up. At some point, you, you have to look in the mirror and say, okay, it's just never going to work. So, unfortunately, I don't think the Clippers are the team to beat. I, I feel as though the Clippers are just simply not ever going to be a contender with this core. The Warriors are very interesting because... It looked as though they were going to fall dramatically, especially at the beginning of the season. And with Steph getting hurt, it looked like it's just really bad. And it's just this team might not even make the playoffs and a bunch of stuff like that. But they've found their footing. Steph comes back tonight, actually, as I'm recording this. And the Warriors are the sixth seed. And who knows? Maybe they are the team that can represent the Western Conference. Maybe they find their footing. Maybe they make a trade, whether it's for a John Collins or, a, you know, Jaden McDaniels apparently is on the block in Minnesota. There are some players that are, are available, even Kyle Kuzma up in, in Washington. 
there are players that are available for the Warriors to get, whether it's you trading the young core, whether it's, you know, trading, you know, well, actually they cannot trade Wiggins because they just gave him the extension, but who knows what, what else they can do. You know, what, what about Draymond even because of the whole punch incident still, but you know, he's come back around, but you know, they still have the young court, they still have draft picks to move around. So maybe just maybe they're the team that comes up. Then you have the young guns. You have the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Nuggets. Those three are the interesting wild cards in a sense of we've never seen them do it before, but why can't they? And, you know, it happens. It, the Warriors were like that at one point. Oh, we've never seen them do it before. They went from almost beating the Spurs in the second round to losing in the first round to the Clippers in that great first round series that went to seven. And then they were on the run for a dynasty. Just like that. And you don't want to say it because they haven't been there before, but what if they just surpass and bypass all of the norms that we're accustomed to? So the Nuggets are one of them, as they're the one seed right now. Nikola Jokic having another MVP season. Triple-double machine. Jamal Murray looks good. Michael Porter Jr. offensively is still off and on, but defensively he's been very up up to speed as of late. His defense has been really good. Aaron Gordon has a great case to make it to the All-Star game. Then the bench, you have Bones Highland looking good. Bruce Brown hitting jump shots. Great addition. The Nuggets look like a team to actually be reckoned with, especially at home. Now, their defense could be suspect at times, whether it's, you know, one, one night a team will get hot from three or get hot in the paint. Either way, their offense is unstoppable right now. They have the probably, I would say, the best. Them are the Celtics, but the Celtics have kind of, fall, have kind of fallen down. I would definitely say, definitely say the uh, the Nuggets probably have the best offense right now, especially at home, the altitude. just like I watched Thomas Bryant the other night look like he was going to pass out on, on the court. He needed a break because of that altitude. And the Nuggets know to run, run, run. Even with players like Jokic who... Don't run, run, run. But still, at the end of the day, like they are a team to watch out for. Then you have the Grizzlies with Ja, Desmond Baines back. Jaron Jackson's very good defensively. Steven Adams knows his role. The only issue with the Grizzlies will come down to Dylan Brooks. Now, will Dylan Brooks be the guy that wants to be the hero at the end of the games? Does he want to be the guy to defend? We never know with Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is by far the biggest wild card on the Memphis Grizzlies. Whether they want to move him, whether they want to keep him, it looks like they'll keep him. The issue will always be with Dylan Brooks at the end of the day for them. Then you have the Pelicans. Their issue, health. Zion's hurt right now after he was going off. Brandon Ingram's still out with the toe injury. They Herb Jones was out in the beginning of the year. CJ McCollum has been looking like the CJ column of the of the past, but the issue with them is definitely going to be health. They look like a really good team. They're very deep. I would say they're the deepest in the West, maybe in the whole entire NBA, them or Boston. But they have a chance to actually make some noise in close, but health is the key. So you have those three teams as the young guns. You have the defending champs and the Warriors. I guess if you want to throw in the Clippers. Then there are the Dallas Mavericks, but every time I watch the Dallas Mavericks play, I it's hard to get through a, a whole entire game with them. I just don't like the iso ball. They come up the court, iso, iso, maybe a pass to the corner, and then that's about it. If Luka doesn't have the ball in his hand, he's standing at half court. 
If Dinwiddie doesn't have the ball in his hand, he's standing at half court. It's a lot of four-on-four, four-on-five type of basketball. It's hard to watch them. Um, Luka is amazing. Luka can drag them to a – like, depending on matchups, can drag them to a conference finals like he did last year. But I can't see Luka and the Mavericks beating the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Warriors, uh, Pelicans. I can't see – I can't see them winning any of those type of rounds, but maybe, maybe if they get lucky, maybe if an injury so happens, I don't know. I They need to make more moves potentially in the offseason, I would say. I just don't see them really clicking as of right now. Um, no one else in the West. I know Lakers fans, Lakers love talking about, oh, if we trade the two picks and, oh, if when AD comes back, LeBron and, you know, all, all that stuff. The Lakers are not winning the West. Simple as that. It's just not happening. It's okay. Maybe, you know, if things move on next year with, you know, Pat Beverly leaving, cap space, then you trade the picks, whatever. As of right now, for the for this season, the 2022-23 NBA season, the Los Angeles Lakers will not be winning the NBA championship with or without a trade, okay? The best trade you could get probably right now is the Buddy Heald-Miles Turner trade. And I'm sorry, but Miles Turner is a good center. He's good defensively. Buddy Heald, good shooter. That's not LeBron, AD, Buddy Heald, and Miles Turner to me is not the, a foursome for a championship. I'm sorry. Um, I know LeBron is still LeBron at nights, but he is in year 20. It's kind of difficult. AD, I know as much as we want to see AD be successful and be great, he does not stay on the floor as of you know, you saw this season, he went on that crazy run just to get hurt again. Uh, injured his ankle on the way up and kind of like kick, flipped it on Jokic. It like flicked in the air and somehow he got hurt from that. I don't know what that was about, but he's hurt. And, you know, he's ramping up. Apparently he's ramping up his recovery, his rehab. But the Lakers are not winning the championship with or without a trade. Uh, I know they just went on a hot streak, but sorry, Lakers fans, it's just not happening. It's just not. Um, and then you want to go over to the Eastern Conference. It's the same teams. I mean, the Bucks have been struggling a little bit. The Celtics, kind of. The Nets are hot, but unfortunately, KD got hurt. Uh, he's definitely going to miss at least a month, maybe a little bit more with the sprained MCL. He's missed the, He's missed time with that injury prior, but... Apparently, it's not as severe, so maybe he comes back sooner. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Sixers, Joel Embiid's hurt. I don't know if that's more bluffing and resting him, or he is actually dealing with like some pretty bad soreness. Who knows? I know Maxi's back. Maxi has improved with each game. Sixers look pretty good. Uh, so, but they need to get their full, you know, their big trio together to see what they look like. Because in the beginning of the year, when they had their big three. Altogether, it looked very, very weird. It, you know, either Joel didn't have a good game or Maxi didn't have a ga- good game. Harden didn't know whether to score or whether to pass, and it just looked like a jumbled mess. Um, and ever since then, they've looked good, but they've always missed at least one of the three. And in most cases, it was two of the three. So we'll see with that. Cleveland, they look good, but, you know, who knows what happens in the playoffs. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been electric, and speaking of Donovan Mitchell, 71-point performance, uh, one of the high-scoring games of all time, a masterpiece. It was just a masterpiece of a game. Now, 
that was also that was after Luca with his sixty point triple double. And I mean, I've been meaning to ask this: Is there a real scoring problem in the NBA? And to a certain degree, there is. Uh, the I'll never forget Lucas saying, "Yeah, it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in the Euro leagues because of multitude of reasons." But there's something that's going on where the scoring is just easy. Now, could it be the lack of defense? Maybe, or even it could be just the evolution of the game. These players are bigger, better, stronger, faster. It just it's just going to happen over time. Now, are there ways to counteract it? Yes. But does the, but does the NBA want to counteract that? Now that's the question. Offenses are blowing up, especially the scoring outputs, and it gets people watching. Now, some people might not like it to a certain degree because of how easy it is and oh, it just kind of dilutes everything, but the NBA loves it. So are they gonna make changes? Probably not. Some changes you could look over to the Euro leagues and you could see, you know, maybe the defensive goaltending rules of being able to take the ball if it's uh, on the rim. You can, you know, eliminate the defensive three-second rule. There are ways to counteract what's going on, but I doubt the NBA will ever want to do it. So those scoring outputs are going to stay. Now, if I, if I had to pick right now who is going to come out of each conference, I honestly don't know, and that's okay. See, a lot of the things that NBA media loves to do, and you've seen it on Twitter, on ESPN, on Fox Sports, whatever, they love to give their analysis when nobody knows. It's inconclusive. And that is (laughs) a big issue in basketball media right now. How many times do I have to see, out of these four players, who's going to start in the Eastern Conference between Tatum, Embiid, Durant, and Giannis? Guess what? It doesn't matter because all four of them are going to make it. I guess now it's easy because Durant's going to miss a month. But prior to that, all four are going to make it. It's the All-Star game. It matters more to be an All-Star than to who's actually playing in the All-Star game. I know like it's it's cool to watch your favorite player maybe win the All-Star game MVP or have a good All-Star game. But it doesn't matter. Or who's starting, it doesn't matter. If, you're, if your favorite player or if a player is playing great enough, they're going to make the All-Star game. Giannis, Joel... Durant and Tatum are going to make the All-Star game. It's okay. Then you go on to the West. If AD makes the starting lineup when he obviously shouldn't because he's missed all the time, it doesn't matter. Someone else will replace him, whether it's Zion or Laurie Markkinen. It's okay. And then when with the guards, thank God Steph came back because if Steph did it, it would have turned into, well, who's going to get the last start? Who's going to get the second starting guard spot? It, it truly does not matter. They're gonna make the All Star game, and then you go to the cha- to who you you know who oh after thirty games who do you think's coming out the West? It doesn't matter. We don't know. You might have an idea, but guess what? An injury can happen. A trade can happen. That's why the whole Clippers coming out of the West thing is a joke, because you still hold on to this hope of the Clippers after watching all these games, just so you can have something to talk about. Do you really think they're on ESPN? They're gonna have people come up there and say. You know who I think's coming out the West? Memphis. Who do I think's coming out the East? Uh, Milwaukee. It's going to be the Bucks versus the Grizzlies. No, they don't want that. They want to talk about the Clippers and the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets and the you know the old you know the LeBron Miami Heat stuff like that. Like they just, it's okay to not know, but obviously they have to have talking points every day. It's just very tiresome. 
Uh, I've talked to a lot of my friends who are NBA fans, and it's just annoying. <laughs> who's going to win MVP after 10 games, or who's your all-NBA team after 10 games? And it's like, it's a fun exercise, but there's got to be a point where we stop the madness. There's got to be a point where we pause and be like, should we talk about this? How about we talk about how good this team looks, or how good, you know, Tyrese Halliburton looks or something like that. Like, let's just talk about that for a second. I don't really care who's going to be an all-star starter when they're clearly all going to be all-stars. A 50 or is it 25? It's either 25 or 50 percent of the vote of the all-star starters are determined by the fans. Fans sometimes don't care about the stats. Fans are going to vote for who they like, who are who's on their team. It doesn't matter. And it's okay. They're going to make the all-star game, okay? If Tyrese Halliburton doesn't start and he might be the second or third or the second best guard in the East, you think, he's still going to make it. If you think SGA is the second best guard in the West, he's still going to make it. If you think Laurie Markkinen is the third best forward in the West or you don't like that Zion's not going to make it and LeBron is because LeBron is on a worse team, it doesn't matter. It's LeBron. So do not care about who's starting for the all-star game. And I know on Twitter it's going to be crazy when it comes out, who's starting, and then when the All-Star draft happens, it's it's going to be even worse. Oh, who's picked last? Donovan Mitchell was picked last last year or the year before that, and I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell is a great top 20 player right now. Maybe top 15. He just dropped 71 points. It doesn't matter, people. Just relax. Take a break. It's okay. So that's all I wanted to talk about today. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Thank you for all the support. Four episodes in, a lot more to come. I'll probably be be recording on Tuesdays, posting on Wednesdays from here on out. So thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care.